Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pick up 40 chicken McNuggets and tangy Cajun sauce at Macca's drive-thru today. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Macca's Run. It's uh, great to have your company on this uh, Monday night. Brett Phillips uh, in the chair and uh, very happy to take your calls over the next uh, half hour as we wrap up the day in sport. one 736 736 That is on the uh, Harcourt's Open line for all things real estate. You can speak to our good friends at Harcourts. So your move, your Harcourts, or jump on the temper text uh, tonight. 0433981116. Consumer choice winner, temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforming to the exact shape of your body. Plenty of news around today, as we always do on the Macca's Run. We just uh, recap some of the uh, major headlines, uh, anything that... Uh, you want to talk about and put on the agenda, you can certainly do that. We'll talk some tennis as we do from 8 o'clock through to 10 o'clock uh, tonight. Plenty happening. I've got to say, uh, it's been a blurry night watching the Aussies in all sorts of time zones, but a few Aussie champions to salute. And then the sporting cap after uh, 10 o'clock uh, tonight. And I just heard uh, Jared and Sam on Sports Day talk about the uh, top uh, sporting documentaries and in amongst watching all the tennis on the weekend, I have been absolutely glued to full swing. I think it's become almost my favourite. Now, obviously, tennis put out their own uh, documentary at the start of this year in uh, Breakpoint, Drive to Survive, another new series. Uh, everyone has uh, raved about that, and I'm uh, certainly in that corner as well. But uh, full swing, I think, uh, for me, almost uh, takes the cake for the best uh, sporting uh, documentary that I've watched. And I haven't even completed it yet, but I think there's eight episodes. I'm not talking about episode uh, five. If you've taken a look at it on the weekend, I'd love your thoughts. one 736 736 or on the text 433 It is an absolute uh, beauty. And many years ago, a good friend of mine uh, was, in fact, uh, the nanny for uh, Robert Allenby uh, going uh, way back, who actually experienced, couldn't actually tell any uh, stories uh, on air or share uh, the behind the scenes, but uh, somehow got this uh, gig over in the US. Uh, all, uh, as you've seen with the, the documentary, all the golfers uh, live in uh, sort of that Florida area, that gated community, Jupiter, and it, it is just a surreal sort of world. Um, you know, the, the tough part of not making the cut and then flying home, um, tail between your legs, having to then, you know, regroup and the pressures of that, the pressures on family life. And she told some uh, incredible stories. And, yeah, brilliant to uh, watch that actually unfold over the weekend. Uh, I sort of knew some of it, and then you just learn so much watching those sporting documentaries. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. would love to take uh, uh, your calls and we'll get to those in just a tick. And also the temper text 0433981116. Uh, the major news of the day, Australia winning the Women's T20 World Cup overnight, making it a, a record-breaking sixth time that they've won the trophy in their third 
in succession. Uh, Beth Mooney named player of the match after an unbeaten innings of 74 to help the Aussies to a 19-run victory. Uh, Jess Johannesson, uh, of course, played in her 100th T20 international match and also took a wicket. Uh, did speak, of course, to uh, Jared Waitley uh, earlier today. It was a good chat off the uh, top of the show. And we might have a listen to, uh, of course, young Jess after a terrific night for Australia. This team's incredible. And what we've been able to achieve has been nothing short of amazing. And to be able to, I guess, to have people talking about this team in that way, um, particularly being a a team that's involved in women's sport, um, quite often, um, particularly in the past, that it was only ever male-dominated teams or, or male sporting teams that were, were spoken about in that light. But what this team's been able to achieve is what this team's been able to achieve has been nothing short of amazing, regardless of the gender. So, um, and I mean to be a, a pretty heavy part of that. That um, been fortunate enough to be part of this team for about eleven years now. But what we've been able to achieve has been pretty incredible. That uh, yeah, it's sort of I think as the dust settles it sort of um will sink in a lot more but uh yeah there's still well and truly a lot more left in me personally and I I think a a large number of this group as well so um when I finish up playing it'll be pretty remarkable to see what this team could achieve by then Uh, and ironically I'm just looking at the corner of my eye and the replays uh, coming on on uh, Fox Sports so I'll just watch that for the next uh, few hours while I'm in the host chair uh, here uh, terrific performance. Uh, they have been magnificent, Australia. Our women's cricketers on the world stage, and as we know, women's sport, uh, they're getting more, paid more their dues now than, than ever before and uh, absolutely uh, well-deserved. So that was uh, the big story cricket-wise from overnight. Maybe they can inspire our men to somehow get back into this series against uh, India, the third test uh, coming up uh, this week. And Australia trying to salvage something out of what has been a train wreck of a uh, tour to the subcontinent. Richmond small forward, that's the news. I've just been talking to a good Richmond friend of mine on the way to the studios uh, tonight who had probably a little bit of a love-hate relationship with uh, Jason Castagna, who's announced his retirement at just the age of uh, 26. He played in all three of Richmond's uh, flags, of course, 17, 19 and 20, drafted as a rookie. Uh, back in 2014, informed his teammates earlier today, saying that he'd uh, loved, uh, lost his love for the game. And I think any time we hear that, and you'll hear a bit of this in the first serve a little bit uh, later on, just the, the pressures of playing at that elite level, that it all looks fantastic. And the paycheck, yes, is, um, is pretty good when you reach uh, the top and playing as part of a successful team. Uh, you certainly uh, get paid your worth and... It's not all roses. It's not all beautiful. It's the behind the scenes that we don't see. It's the injuries. It's you know the big pre-seasons. It's the dedication to the sport. And for some, it lasts longer in any sport. And some have totally burnt out at the age of uh, their, their mid-20s. And you know, they're, they're going back having played you know, junior footy, you know, picking up a footy so young. And look, there's no doubt if we're hand on heart, Castagna was probably going to struggle to get... Uh, a regular game in the Richmond lineup, just with what's uh, come in this year, what's evolved of their younger players over the last uh, couple of years and hadn't been the first pick, but he's a three-time premiership player. That'll be on his CV forever. Uh, whether there's the desire to play the game at local level or at a lower level, we'll have to uh, certainly wait and see. But uh, his AFL uh, days at Richmond, uh, certainly uh, done. And it looks like he's uh, he had love for the top flight of the game 
is uh, certainly done. Uh, Sam Edmund, uh, of course, reporting on SEN.com.au earlier today. Jack Henry uh, staring down the barrel of another long stint on the sidelines. Scans revealing the defender has a fractured metatarsal. He landed awkwardly in, in Thursday's uh, practice match against the Hawks down there at GMHBA Stadium, uh, suffering the latest in a string of foot injuries. Uh, SEN understands that Henry has suffered a break to the fifth metatarsal bone. So the bone connecting the ankle to the little toe, which is considered the most uh, problematic, of course, going down to, um, uh, of course, uh, his brother, Ollie, of course, joining uh, Jack at the Cats uh, this year. And he certainly showed some very good signs that he's going to be a nice acquisition in the forward 50 for the Cats. But uh, Jack Henry's been an absolute star down back the last uh, couple of years. So not the uh, sort of news that you want to have. And uh, Chris Scott was on with uh, Jared Waitley to talk about that and a few other things earlier today, but certainly on uh, Jack Henry's injury. It's a little uncertain at the moment, so I'm try, always try to kind of reserve um, or try not to sort of predict how these things are going to go, but um, it's clearly complicated enough um, to be a problem, um, just how bad it is. You know, I think we'll know a little bit more in the next 48 hours, and our club's really forthright with these things once we know. Well, we tend to be discarded when there is sort of a range of um, possibilities, but he's clearly not playing in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, um, I think I've tried to say we shouldn't read the tea leaves, but yeah, if you can detect a tone in my voice, I'm not that positive. So that was Chris Scott, as always, uh, Frank and forthright. You'll be on with Jared uh, throughout the year, the uh, reigning premiership coach trying to go back-to-back. So uh, an early injury, but also the news out of the Cats on the weekend that they confirmed uh, Patrick Dangerfield's appointment as the captain to replace uh, Joel Selwyn. And uh, Chris Scott spoke to Jared on Dangerfield's appointment and the Cats' uh, leadership group for 2023. It was a relatively long process, um, you know, to, to get to a pretty logical conclusion, um, in my opinion. But it was important for us to, to work through that process. And, and having said that, it wasn't a really structured um, process. I, I think there is a bit of a school of thought out there that, you know, a lot of these decisions are contingent on a player vote. Um, uh, that, that's not the way we work. Um, you know, even if you think through it logically, you know, a third of our list is very, very new. And they're sort of at the stage where they don't know what they don't know. So... Um, you know, an, an equal vote to from a first-year player to um, a 10-year veteran doesn't make much sense. But the important part for us was that we did make it a whole-of-club thing because really the, the role of the captain has evolved over the years. And um, while you'd love your captain to be on-field sort of um, leader, the kind of follow-me um, type guy, the reality is there's a whole lot of work um, that needs to be done sort of off-field and there's some and it gave us a chance to actually reassess sort of what we wanted from that group of people. And it became clear to us that we didn't think that a leadership group of six players, for example, was representative of who we are at the moment. And we certainly didn't um, have that model last year. But the club was really clear that we did want a simple sort of official leadership structure, if you like, which was one captain and one vice captain. And, and once, once we were clear on sort of what we wanted from those roles. Then it was a process, I think, of going to, you know, all the key people and just sort of having, um, you know, a mature discussion around it. And in the end, we got to a unanimous spot. Um, but 
it probably wasn't the, the structured process that some leadership consultants would have you go through. <laughs> there you go. The insights from uh, Chris Scott as to how Geelong have uh, come to the call of making Patrick Dangerfield the captain. Of course, uh, Brenton Sanderson was on uh, earlier today on, on Breakfast talking about appointing uh, a much younger Patrick Dangerfield as uh, co-captain at uh, Adelaide going back, uh, what, a decade ago now. So always had leadership uh, from a, a very young age uh, written all over him and uh, appeared to be the obvious successor. But obviously a very experienced uh, Cats leadership group who are going to uh, be right there in the trenches with uh, Patrick Dangerfield. Uh, Nick's out in Essendon. Uh, Nick, uh, welcome to the Maccas Run. Thanks, Brad. How you going, mate? Going well, thank you. You've uh, taken That's in right. uh, full swing, I believe, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah I just wanted to give my two cents on the documentary. Um, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great to see players that we don't get to see very much that have come through the ranks. But the one thing I didn't really like about it was the disdain they gave to players that have taken on the league tournament this year. They're elite golfers. PGA have obviously taken aside and said to the Netflix documentary that they want the documentary solely focused on PGA and the good aspects of it. It brings a whole new competitive side to it and it opens up the possibility for players to play in different countries like Australia. Yeah, it's interesting. The whole the whole live thing, I mean, it sort of... Um came at the right time for that documentary to be released because it added the extra layer. Um, and you can understand when, you know, they're going through and, and obviously some of the, the players are key characters of it in telling their story. You can sort of part understand why some of these players have made the call to go across to live because you're guaranteed a paycheck. You don't make the cut. You don't get paid. It's as simple as that, which is fascinating with golf. And just off the back of your call, uh, Nick, and I think it needed to be sort of included just to tell the big picture because this has been the biggest disruption to golf that we have seen uh, forever, really. And this one off the text, the episodes of Full Swing featuring players from unusual backgrounds. Tony Fino from uh, living in Utah. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that story. I mean, huge family and trying to make the call of, is it a good thing to have them on the road? And he loves his family, loves his kids, his young uh, boy, uh, a prospective junior, he couldn't be there. He's over playing the British Open. The price you pay being an elite sports person, taking a, you know, going away from your family. Uh, the Matthew Fitzpatrick, I can hand on heart say I had a tear in the eye last night watching that. You know, winning in America, he was uh, a US Open amateur. So on that same course, he comes back to win the US Open uh, years down the track. And he hadn't won on the US PGA Tour. Love that story. That was brilliant. And uh, the world number 70, whose mum had passed away. Yeah, that was Joel Damon, I think ranked about 75 in the world. And, you know, <laughs> quite a bit off the pace, but an exceptional talent. When I think about that and how I relate that to tennis, there are so many in that bracket who are ranked between 50 and 100 who could beat any of these players, who could win a major, but they just don't necessarily dot all the I's and cross all the T's. They, they play for a different reason. They're maybe not as fit. They're maybe not as driven. Driven, but you know, there's, a, there's a obviously different levels of uh, being driven as an elite athlete. So I think it had uh, so many uh, great layers to it. And I recommend it, if you haven't seen it, uh, park yourself in front of Netflix uh, this week and take in uh, all the episodes. We'll get a break away. We've got a, a bit more news to get through. You can join us, of course, at one three hundred seven three six seven three six. That is on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts, or jump on the temper text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Pick up forty chicken McNuggets and tangy Cajun sauce at Macca's drive-through today. Welcome to the Macca's Run.
Indeed, Monday night version of the Maccas run. Uh, Brett Phillips in the chair. Bit of tennis after 8 o'clock with the first serve. Always a staple uh, part of uh, the SEN Radio Network every Monday night. Sporting Capital after uh, 10 o'clock. Always happy to hear from you on the Harcourts open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, Or you can jump on the temper text 433 98 11 16. Plenty of news around. We're starting to get closer to the AFL season. Uh, did you take in uh, some of the match simulation across the last uh, few days? Um, I, uh, I took in a fair bit and it was good that they were all uh, streamed uh, live, which was uh, terrific to uh, just get, you know, certainly a handle on the, uh, the new recruits and uh, different jumper numbers and always a good chance uh, to... Uh, just uh, being that optimistic uh, frame of mind, isn't it? Uh, it was always, <laughs> as, a, as a person that supported a struggling club, this was the best time of the year because there was no official scoreboard. You could just uh, try and paint a really positive picture and it might have taken uh, one belting to uh, change uh, the narrative. Although I never I never thought when uh, Fitzroy copped a belting in a pre-season game that it was all over. Uh, you, you, if it was round one, round two, then you started to feel, OK, this is a season that... Uh, might be going uh, a little pear-shaped. Uh, some news out of the Bombers. Dyson Heppel's preparation for the new season has uh, hit a bit of a road bump after it emerged. He suffered a foot sprain in, uh, of course, the Bombers' practice match against the Gold Coast, which was played uh, last uh, Thursday. He'll be moved to a modified training program and uh, will be required to wear a moon boot. So we know Dyson's had his uh, injury trails across uh, the journey. Doesn't have to wear the, uh, the skipper's band uh, this year, but still going to be a, a pivotal leader. Uh, but Essendon uh, certainly in trying to uh, play a better brand of footy, a more sustained, tougher brand of football, uh, need all their leaders out there. So, but it is the nature, isn't it? You know, I was listening to Frank Panisi on earlier from the Melbourne Storm, who do an incredible job just to replace players, whether they're injured, players who have left the club, they keep replenishing, they develop from underneath. And that's what, I mean, all the AFL clubs are obviously always doing that, uh, extending the depth. Um, making sure you're ready to play when it's your uh, opportunity. Uh, this news was a bit of concern out of the Tigers, not away from the playing field on the weekend. I'm sure you've got across it. Noah Bolter had allegedly punched in the mouth at a, a local uh, soccer game on the weekend, a fight break out at a game in Altona North. I think it was the International uh, Cup, uh, this, uh, this tournament, which is an annual event. And it was a heap of spectators that run on, uh, ran on the ground. And he, he was unfortunately just at the wrong place at the wrong time. He was struck in the mouth, but not uh, seriously injured. He was uh, helping uh, coach the team. He's been cleared of any wrongdoing by uh, the Tigers. So uh, just a little unfortunate. Uh, Ben's in uh, Malvern. Ben, welcome to the Maccas run. G'day, mate. I'm just calling in spite of my frustrations for the Bombers. I thought watching the practice match on... Whenever it was against Gold Coast, I was I was excited, you know, new captain, new coach. I really thought I was going to see something different, but honestly, like the game plan and the ball movement was just putrid, and I was left pretty pretty shocked and disgusted after the game. Yeah, I was listening to Bucks, you know, talking this morning about you know the scoreboard, and I mean, when you, when you're a team that's missed the finals, you actually want that scoreboard to look. Uh, you know, you want to look positive. You'll take any win, um, you know, in the early uh, part of the year. So you're, you're not seeing anything, Ben, that can suggest Essendon can get out of being a, a mediocre, sort of that middle-of-the-range side. Well, so it is the first game of the preseason, so I can't give a little bit of leeway, but if we're just talking purely on the matter of Essendon and how far I think we can go this year, yep. I, I really don't think finals 
it's going to be finals bound. Like, unless something changes in the next preseason match, unless that was just more the players reverting back to the old game style, more Mm. than whatever um, Brad Scott has to offer, maybe maybe my opinion will change. But right now, it's not looking great. All right. Let's uh, sit tight on that, Ben. Um, Come on. Round one hasn't even been played yet. Optimism. I do understand what you're saying. First serve is coming up.